The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. As I reached up to turn the fuel line off when I'm bent over, I looked down to the wood line where we came from, and there it was, standing right there. Full head-to-toe view. It didn't have a gorilla's face. It had more of a, of a human face with a pushed-in nose. It shocks your system, you know, especially when you're a kid, man. This thing was every bit of nine feet tall. This is the Cryptic Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Todd. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on with you there, Mr. Oregon Man, Mr. Traveler? I know. I'm looking forward to that in a couple weeks, heading out there to the big Pacific Northwest. You are. You're going to be out there doing some investigating a little bit, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Going to give it a shot. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, man. <laughs> weather permitting. Yeah, they're having some strange weather out there. And we're having yeah, some strange are. weather here. Yeah, we are. Just waiting for spring to Craziness. come along. Yep. It's like it just goes from winter to summer and you're done. Uh, I know. You know. Come on, summer. Did you check out that band I was I sent you the other night called? Uh, I did. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. There's a band called they, Sasquatch. They uh they sound pretty cool. I, I like their music actually. Yeah, I do too. They're, they, they're good. They sounded good. I hope our listeners hear this and they check them out. Um, I yeah, found I'm them kidding. on Spotify, but yeah, they sound they're, they're a heavy metal kind of a heavy rock band. Yeah, yeah, they're a metal band. Yeah, yeah, kind of a '80s, maybe. I don't know what you consider them. They're out of just, L.A., I guess. Just metal, yeah. They're L.A. rock. Yeah. Yep. You guys want to check out the band Sasquatch? Give them a listen. Maybe we'll, like we talked yeah. about, Brian, we can get them to do a theme song for us on the show. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Heck yeah! Come on, talk That'd to be great. Them. Right. Anyway, uh, enough of this. Our listeners are ready to hear uh, uh, some yeah, encounters yeah. tonight. So, yeah, who we got? We got William Nighthawk coming on. He's William a Native Nighthawk. American, and he's had several things going on in his life, and still continues to have things going on. So, yeah, I can't wait to hear. Let's bring him on and see what he's got to say. You ready? Yeah, let's get him. Thanks for coming on and talking to us tonight, William. I'm glad I'm able to. It says here that uh, you're obviously Native American. What what tribe are you? I am Shawnee and Lakota. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're also a holy man, a military yeah. vet. Thank you for yep. your service. Thank you. Um, a mason? Yep. 32nd degree Scottish, right? Okay. Wow, cool. And uh, 38 plus years in the paranormal encrypted world. That's correct. Actually, I was pretty much born into it. I mean, if anybody's ever ever actually gone through my my site and read my my bio and where I started to do my uh, childhood growing up. Um, my mother was a black witch. She was in the black magic and all that growing up. So we had a lot going on on our property, um, paranormal wise. Everything from 
shadow figures to demons to the grim reaper to you name it Jeez. i mean yeah i've got a lot I, I i've got enough to put together a book my dad was a truck driver so when i was born i was all over the place you know mm-hmm. so but we ended up settling in erie pa so i kind of grew up there but that's where i had my first bigfoot encounter too and uh I had I had several of them there actually. So yeah, why don't but, you tell uh, us about those, William? Tell us about uh, what happened and uh, what you saw. Well, my my first encounter, um, I was twelve years old and I was riding dirt bikes, motor motocross bikes, with a couple of friends of mine, and we have this we had this big field where it was bordered on on three sides by thick woods. And in fact, we used to call it the big woods, and the trail we came through. It was really weird that day. It was it was it was a beautiful day, you know, regular day, you know, broad daylight, you know, wasn't even close to being you know dark or anything. And anyways, we're we're riding the motorcycles through the woods, and we get to the field, and we start going around the field, you know, like like young kids do, you know, goofing around. Back then, we mm-hmm. didn't have video games and all that, so right. we 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 did it outside, you know. We were outside all the time, you know. Hunting, fishing, you know, riding dirt bikes, you name it, you know. And uh, make a long story short, I, I got done riding, and I parked my motorcycle, and I got off and turned the fuel line off. And as I reached up to turn the fuel line off when I'm bent over, I looked down to the wood line where we came from, and there it was, standing right there, full head-to-toe view, reaching up in the tree, and there was a smaller one up in the tree. So I'm not sure if this one was a female or not, because I couldn't see the front of it. Because the way it was, the way it was standing, it was standing more out of, out of the side than as a profile. So you could see the side. And like I saw the thick neck right here. And the head was pushed down closer to the chest. And I saw the, the massive arm. And I saw the huge buttocks and the huge legs. Uh, it was it was really incredible for someone my age. Wow. The only thing I could incorporate it to to seeing was like a, a a silverback gorilla, but it didn't have a gorilla's face. It had more of a of a human face with a pushed-in nose. Okay, more like a uh, I don't even want to say a Neanderthal. But, I mean, yeah, it had a, bl- a brow ridge and stuff like that because I could tell because it was thicker up here. But it was mm-hmm. more human. It was, you know, it, it was just a weird mix of just, I don't know, just something you never really imagined you'd see in the woods, you know. Mm-hmm. Something that, it, it shocks your system, you know, especially when you're a kid, man. You know, but that wasn't the last time I saw that one either. And I saw, I think the other one, the next year later, the one that was up in a tree, one, it was at that time, it was probably three feet, four feet tall. So it must've been like, I don't know, probably not even a, a year old. And that'd be my guess, you know, I guess this one was babysitting or maybe it was teaching us something or, or whatnot, but. This thing was every bit of nine feet tall. Okay. And that is no lie. Every bit of nine feet tall. 
Okay. No, no odor. Okay. No eye shine or anything like that. Because when we got up off of the motorcycles and we were all standing there, we were all standing there with our jaws dropped open, looking at this thing. We, we, we couldn't believe it. We were amazed, you know, anyways, it went down all of us and got back on our motorcycles and we started to turn around and go back down where we came in at where it was and it was gone like that i mean it was gone i have no idea where it went i didn't see it even turn around i just blinked and it was gone that's how fast it was and how fast it disappeared now my whole life growing up my my dad he was a traditional native, you know, we did sweat lodge, you know, we, we did all kinds of stuff. We did Humblatia, which is our vision quest. You know, we did everything and uh, everything as close to tradition as possible as society would allow us back in them days. Because in the 70s, you know, it was still kind of we weren't allowed to do our, our, our religious practices then. You know, we didn't get around to having that freedom until around the 1980s. So, right. There was still a lot of hype about Native Americans doing stuff like that off the reservation and and all this on their own private land. So, yeah, that was the first time I saw it. And as we went down the trail to leave, we stopped our motorcycles and every one of us tried to. And my one buddy was pretty big. He was 14 years old and he was every bit of six foot tall at the time. And we all tried on our motorcycles to stand on the seats with the, the pegs down, the, the kickstand down, and try to reach the branch that he was reaching and pulling down with ease, we couldn't even get close to it. Wow. So that's how tall we know this thing was. Yeah. So if you put a motocross bike with about a 36-inch seat to a 40-inch seat, so that was the first time. It was a perfect view because the way we were, the field was here, okay, we were here at the edge of the field looking down towards the wood line that guarded, you know, that skirted the field and into the opening of the woods where the trail was. And there was trees here and trees here. And it was standing right here, reaching up into a tree. So, yeah, wow. it was amazing. And then uh, the following year, I saw, like I said, I think the same one again briefly but not not as you know as it was that time okay we were on our dirt bikes again but it was a whole different area of the woods it was at a place we called the gravel pits okay a place where they were just starting to build houses into the woods okay and there was uh, all kinds of like gravel dug up and you know from all the equipment and stuff so we rode our motorcycles through there and went out and you know, we'd go through the trails, and this is about a year later. We'd go through the trails, and, and uh, we were going around, and the trail would go through the gravel pits off a big hill, a jump hill, and then down into the wood line, and it would almost like horseshoe through the woods and come back out into the gravel pit. So we would go around in circles like that, okay, probably two or three times, you know, and on the third time or fourth time I come through, out of nowhere, a branch hits the front of the bike. And I ended up wrecking the bike. The bike landed on top of me. In fact, I've got a burn on my left thigh, inside of my thigh from the exhaust from the bike from back then. 
that really uh, reminds me of that one time. Anyways, I get up and push the bike up and I'm, I'm looking and I'm thinking, oh my God, my dad's going to kill me because, you know, here it is. The, the bike is, you know, pretty much a mess, you know, so I had to straighten out the, the brake pedal and everything that was all mangled up. The, the kickstart was mangled up, you know, so I'm in there and I'm trying to bend all this up. And I pull the, the branch out from where it caught on the tire and kicked me over. And uh, I look off to my right and there it is standing there completely still, probably about not even a hundred feet away from me. I'd say probably about 80, 90 feet away. And it was just grinning. Wow. I, I just, I looked at it and I was like, it was like, he was just grinning at me. And it was a guy this time. I could tell, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, needless to say, I got on the bike and I tore out of there real fast. I didn't even stick around to even see where he went or, or what he was doing because that grin just kind of creeped me out. Oh, yeah. So, and the Lakota, you know, people, we have legends of it coming out on the reservation and, and, a, and a, a, a big uh, open field. Um, a female one used to come out every early morning, about two, two thirty in the morning and just wail out there. And the, the story went that she, the reason she was out there that night wailing was because she lost her child. Hmm. So, and that's why hmm. she was always seen to at that time of the, of, of the morning, early morning when it was dark out and just basically cry, you know? Which, you know, it's kind of sad, but, you know, yeah. my whole life I was taught that they aren't animals. They're not animals. Um, my whole life I was taught that they have their own language. And at one time, us as a native people um, used to be able to talk to them. Literally, we used to understand them. They went further and further and further away from from our society, and we went about our you know way of living mm -hmm. the whole time. You know, so it, it, it's you know there's all kinds of legends out there related to the Native Americans and and th these things, and not just those things. There's other cryptids too out there. I'm sure you all know. You guys probably know a little bit more than I do about the modern day cryptids. I know more about the ones that I was, you know, told about and have interaction with. Right. So Yeah, I remember hearing about how, you know, Bigfoot and the Indian tribes had a lot closer relationship um back in the day. Yeah. And, and how you your guys, you know, you look at them as um the Native American look at them as being more of a human and, and a uh, their own kind of tribe, so to speak, as uh, where a lot of people say, well Yeah, I think they it's are a, a tribe. Yeah. And they do have their own language. No. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm positive of that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, yep. this just to you know, even as a child, I, I kind of, even though I was, I was afraid as a child because you don't, you know, you don't picture you're going to run into something like that. Okay, whether it's a, whether it's ten feet from you or a hundred yards from you, you never want to picture anything like that as a child because you're out there to have fun and just be a kid. You know, yep. and it just it, it literally changed my whole outlook you know, on things because if that was there, what else is there? That's what I started thinking, you know, I mean, cause in, in the seventies, man, you, 
that's when you started hearing about the the UFOs a lot, and you know, and the and aliens, and you know, not just Bigfoot, but Loch Ness monster was a big one in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know. And you start wondering in the back of your head as a kid, you know, just what else is out there? Yep. It's it, it is literally amazing that that and they find things every day. They're finding new species every day. So why can there be other things out there? My dad even went so far to tell me that there was four different types of these Bigfoot uh, beings. So we've heard that. Um, we've heard that too. There was. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing. I mean it, the most of the ones that 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 I've interacted with are more human. Um, but he, my dad said, yeah, there's there's the kind that have have like a longer snout, um, which kind of look like a baboon type of a face. Um, he said that there's the ones that look like monkeys. You know, they're not as thick as, a, as a, you know, what you call from like the Alaskan or the the Washington, state of Washington, Oregon area. They're not that big and thick, you know, mm-hmm. like the ones down in uh, in uh, Florida that they call the skunk ape or over in, in, in the uh, Louisiana and Texas, southern Texas areas, you know. Did but, you tell anybody after you guys saw that creature? Did you guys tell your, your family, your parents? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how my dad and I started really getting involved in talking about things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the time, he was a truck driver, so he was away, you know, driving truck. But when he got back, yeah. Was that the Allegheny National Forest? No, Allegheny Allegheny National Forest was more towards the top central part of the uh, state. Okay. It, It starts... Let's see, Erie County is the farthest northwest corner of the state. The whole shoreline of Erie County that that uh, heard stories of these Bigfoot being seen because they liked the water. Everybody thought in the 70s that that they didn't like water, that, oh, they couldn't swim, you know, be, you know they like a rock. No, these things love the water. They love lakes because they know that they can live there. They can fish. They can survive. You know, they're going to they're have a much easier life of being around water. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot easier to survive when you have it near you. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of making long tracks and distance, you know, walks and stuff to get to it. Right. But, yeah, there was uh, there's places in Erie County that went over towards Allegheny National Forest. Um, the whole area, the way it's set up with the waterways, with the streams and, and the creeks and all that, and and the woods, it's very easy, even power lines. I mean, everything was just so well put together and it was thick evergreen fo- foliage up there. So, I mean, they could have shelter year-round just by being underneath the pine trees up there because they were huge. I mean, as kids, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but uh, as kids, we used to throw snowballs at cars. <laughs> and yeah, we all did that. Yeah. There was a there there were pine trees along the edge of the road that we would climb up in in the middle of winter, and we'd get like 30 feet in the air, and we'd make all kinds of little snowballs, and we'd just as they drove past <laughs> and they would people would stop their cars and they'd be like looking around trying to figure out where the where it came from you know 
and here we are 30 up feet up in a tree and you know and we were so busy laughing that you know but yeah i mean it's such thick thick woods up in that area you know there's a place um called uh walnut creek and walnut creek is where i had my second sighting okay that's where the gravel pit was when they were building the houses and the only thing i can correlate to that second encounter at the time right now is that maybe i interrupted hunting or something you know or you know maybe it just thought it just maybe it wanted to re you know interact with me somehow you know the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy it's time to rethink recycling with renew Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's a, a, a heck of a way to interact, but, you yeah, know, because no it was a real shock, though, <laughs> yeah. getting thrown off the cycles. Yeah. You know, you're doing 35 miles an hour on a dirt bike and a, and a muddy path, and well, next thing you know, you're doing an endo. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I probably could have gotten hurt pretty bad, though. Oh, yeah. But just seeing it. And then you got laughed at on top of it. Is what made me think, you know what, it's – yeah, and that's that's literally what made me think back then because I was 13 years old at that time, and that's literally what made me think that you know what it's not an animal it's it's human if it can grin like that and smile mm-hmm. and have emotion, you know animals you know you don't I mean they say dogs grin like that you know and and they do you know dogs dream too I've seen it you know huh. but. This was more than that. This was this was something to where it's it, it just it blew my mind, you know. So, and I'm kind of glad I didn't have that encounter close the first time because I was younger, you know. I think the second time I saw it, I was more. It wasn't more of a shock to me that it was standing there, you know, grinning. It was, wow, there it is again. Mm-hmm. So, 2016, here in Virginia, um, driving to work. Okay, in fact, the the BFRO has my uh, report on their their website. Um, I was driving to work, and uh, it was about four o'clock, four fifteen in the morning, and I was going down Route 11, which is you know a rural you know highway. It runs along I 81 side by side, um, going, uh, north and south. Okay. Anyways, I'm in my old beat up shit. I got, I had an old square body, you know, pickup truck 84. I was going to plan on fixing up to retire, you know, and make it into a show truck, but that didn't work out. Anyways, I'm driving and I got the high beams on. I'm the only one on the road. Okay. And at that time in the morning, because it's a rural area, it's not like there's any big cities around it. The closest thing you could even call a city would be Winchester, you know, so Winchester, Virginia. And that's not that big of a town. So it's just a town. Um, Anyways, I'm driving and I get to a place called Arch Road and my headlights hit this black thing standing next to a stop sign. And I looked at it 
and it didn't turn and look at me. It just moved like a freaking ninja across the road down into a little gully where there was a stream. And the stream ran from east to west direction. And I was driving, you know, coming north to south. Okay. So when it went down in the stream, down in about, it was, it must have been at least a, a 20 foot step down in there that it made. I mean, and it, it made it fast. And that was the, the, the whole time I was, I was staring at it driving. I, I was amazed because I hit my brakes. And I'm staring at it and I'm looking at his back end and it was so thick. I mean, I literally saw the muscles in the lower back going down into the buttocks. I saw the hamstring muscles. I saw the cab muscles and I saw the thickness of the shoulders across the shoulders. It was like a moving tree trunk, you know, it was just massive and it was jet black. So... But yeah, that was probably the clearest I've seen it, but I saw it from the backside. Yeah. So, but it was massive. It, it reminded me of, of like you take a, an incredible Hulk action figure and you glue rabbit hair to it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you get the, you know what I mean? That's how thick it was. I mean, just the muscles, you know, just, it was amazing. Yeah. So, and that was the closest I'd been to it because I was only like 40 feet away from it when I saw it. Wow. So I got wow. a real good look at everything I saw, yeah, okay. and the hair was, the hair wasn't. You know, the, sometimes you'll see reports of it, or you hear reports of where they have real shaggy hair, but it was it was long, long. It was probably three, maybe two and a half to three inches long. Uh, it was black hair, but it wasn't like matted or or unkept. You know what I mean? It was. I mean, it was obviously it was some. It looked like something that took care of itself. I don't know how you would even mm-hmm. do that, having that much hair. But I didn't have any type of mange, any any hair matted or anything like that. It was perfectly, <laughs> you know, contoured. It looked mm-hmm. just like that, the way it laid down. Growing up, basically growing up with my mom the way she was, and my dad being gone so much. I was uh, brought up. She was teaching me stuff. And at that young age, you know, this is before I even had all the Bigfoot, you know, interaction and all that. Um, I had my first experience with anything. Um, I was three years old and uh, I was in a neighbor's field picking uh, chestnuts off of their tree because we had permission to do that. Me and my, my sister, my, my uh, older sister, and we were picking chestnuts. I was three years old at the time. And, uh, next thing I know, um, I was waking up several hours later. Um, apparently, uh, some teenagers took it upon themselves to almost beat me to death. Um, at three years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 a true story. Um, I remember seeing my I remember seeing my grandmother um, who had recently passed. And, you know, that was my first experience I had with with death at three years old. Um, 
So after that, you know, they say death changes you and it does. It does. It makes you more receptive. It's like turning, turning the amplifier up, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, you know, my mother, she, she wouldn't let me leave her side for the most part, you know, after that. Who would do that to a three-year-old kid? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and they were just teenagers. I don't know if they were high or drunk or what, but, you know, it's just the way it is back then. People, you got to remember the 70s, the 60s and the 70s were bad, not only for the uh, African-American people, but they were bad for Native Americans, too. You know, Mm -hmm. Native Americans didn't get their shape, you know. And, and and to tell you the truth, they still don't today. And uh, yeah, that's one thing I've always been been proud to be is Native American. You know, that's the last thing I have to be proud of is my long hair. You know, that. <laughs> Do you think that because of what happened to you and you became what you said um, receptive, um, sensitive, whatever it was to, to, to things more, more so is that why you've seen Bigfoot more than once or twice? Do you think that has anything to do with it? I think it, I think it has something to do with it. I think also though, that the, a lot of people don't understand that these beings and native people are somewhat similar, you know, especially from, from the, you know, the recent past in the 1800s and 1700s and all that. We weren't that different. The only difference was a little bigger than us, and they were hairy. Hmm. To us, they were just another tribe. Like you said in the beginning, they were just another people to interact with, you know, and to trade with and, and to, you know, just, you know, be around, you know, interact all the time, you know. Right. I don't I don't see any difference from, from them than I do a uh, an asian person of asian descent i don't see any any difference between a, a european you know what i mean to me they are just another person you know that's what they are you know and we're all we're always going to be connected everything in life that we do is connected everything mm-hmm. you know um chief, chief seattle said it best you know chief seattle had a saying where basically you know we're all connected in the web of life and what we do to web, we do to ourselves. And, you know, it's true. You know, yeah. everything we do, life, we're doing to ourselves. Yeah. So as I was saying though, with my mom being, a, uh, you know, into the black arts and stuff, you know, they, they say that, you know, once you go that way, you, you know, th- it opens up doors, you know, there's a, well, Another good one, too. Um, as a kid, I was sitting on my mom's lap in, in a recliner chair, and the chair was positioned in the corner of the house, in the living room. And where you sat in the corner of the house, you could see the kitchen through, like, the dinette area. It was a ranch-style house, okay? The basement had no door on it, okay? The basement was kind of like... A refrigerator and then it was open and then down the, down the stairs okay so i'm sitting in I'm on my mom's lap in the recliner and the next thing i know it gets really cold and i couldn't move and apparently my mom couldn't move either so the only thing she could do she said she turned her head to the left 
and she looked at the stairwell from the basement and up from the stairs came this brown cloaked hooded figure literally gliding across the floor it wasn't walking it was gliding across the floor full figure i mean full like regular human being figure that was floating out of the basement in a, in a, in a robe and just glided right across the kitchen floor into the hallway where my older sister was sleeping. And she was, I think, 16, 17 years old at the time. Next thing you know, we hear a scream. And apparently my sister ran through whatever it was and it disappeared and she ran into the wall in the hallway. To make a long story short, my mom chalked it up in like the Grim Reaper coming to get my sister because she was doing what she was doing and she was flirting with death. Yeah, that's just another wow. story. That's not even the half of it. I mean, guys, honestly, if you if you went to my Facebook page and you read some of the, 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 the short st stories that I've, I've posted on there that I have it on Nighthawk High Strangeness, you know, it's my my personal page and my and my uh, my page where I do the paranormal stuff um, and the cryptid stuff. Um, and just read those, be amazed. Some of the stuff I went through as a child, you think it would scar me for life, but I actually think it prepared me for my adult life. I really do. I think it was meant to 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 do it that way for some reason. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, We'll be sure to check out your uh, Facebook page, and hopefully our listeners will check it out, too. Well, it's William Nighthawk, okay? N-I-G-H-T-H-A-W-K, -H William Nighthawk, and it's uh, Nighthawk's High Strangeness. Okay. And the reason I call it High Strangeness is because it's it, uh, the way I, I grew up and everything that's happened to me over my years. You got to remember, I'm almost 60 years old. You know, I'm, I'm no spring chicken, you know, so, but, uh, everybody says I look younger than I do, but I'm almost 60 years old. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I wear those 60 years, like a badge of honor with everything I've been through. Um, a lot of my Masonic buddies know, you know, my brothers from the lodge know that, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, because I've talked to them about it. And, uh, you know, so I, you know, I talk to them on a regular basis um, about stuff, you know, that I've gone through um, and stuff that I'm going through currently um, mm -hmm. at a point right now um, with everything I've been through. I mean, I see things on a daily basis. I mean, everybody talks about seeing ghosts and all that and oh, this and that and orbs. And I see that stuff all the time. I, I do. I literally, and, and that's no lie, guys. I'm not lying. Yeah, we believe you. Yeah, we believe uh, you. That I'll say that in my last, last dying breath that I have, that that is a true statement because I'm a Christian. I, I believe in God, and I am not going to lie and 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 burn in hell for something stupid. Right. So, <laughs> some people have that. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a gift or or not. Uh, uh, when they when they have some traumatic things happen, they experience a lot of other things in life. It seems, and you seem yeah, to be like more in tune with the yeah. the other side. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's because of my bloodline too that that has something to do with it. 
But uh, one thing my dad told me about Bigfoot was uh, they are so connected to the environment and to nature that they get the power to do what they do and, and learn from it for the hundreds and since they've been here just as much as we are learning technology. We have gone one way and they gone they have gone the other. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's why they don't want they don't want anything to do with us. They they're curious, Bigfoot are curious about us, and that curiosity gets them in trouble every now and then. They're just curious. They don't want anything to do with us though, because they're we've gone so far from ourselves, our natural way of being. Yeah, you man, know, that, I understand. We don't even we don't even resemble what we used to be, mm-hmm. you know? Nope. And, you know, a lot about the stick structures, too, that's out there. And this this comes from my dad, too. Um, and from what I've learned personally from being out in the field. Um, I, I, I got cancer in 2019, so I was actually active all the way up until April of 2019 with my research. And what I've found... Whenever I found structures, and I, I lecture about this too, to some of the Bigfoot events and stuff to people, because there are people are always coming up to me and asking me, you know, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So I just said, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to start talking to people in, in, in these events and, and explain to them what what I have uh, have found out in my research. And I'm not saying that my information is the sole information, you know. I'm not by any ways and means an expert. I'm merely a Native American man trying to live in this body and having experiences. Okay. I'm not a professional. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not claiming that I know everything because I don't, you know, nobody knows everything. Okay. But the stick structures from what I've seen, um, the teepee style. Whenever you see that, you're seeing a representation of home or a lodge, um, a family unit with an alpha male. Okay. Those groups usually are anywhere from 10 to, to five in number, depending on, you know, how many children they have. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's usually uh, one senior male, one senior female. Okay. Um, and then the kids. Okay. Whenever you see that, that teepee structure, right. you know, that's a location of, of a lodge. And, and where did they learn that from? They learned from us. We didn't interact with them in the old days. Then why would they do that? Whether they're made out of grass, whether they're made out of pine boughs, you know, you'll see a lot of structures like that. Again, if if we didn't interact with them in the old days, how would they know how to do that? Why would they do that? Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of the markings, you know, when they stack rocks, they stack rocks or they bend a tree a certain way. Those are all our tricks. Those are tricks that, that our elders teach us when we're children how to show hmm. markings on a trail so our people can find us if we ever got separate. See, everything, everything that they're doing is mimicking what we did in the old days and what a lot hmm. of us traditional natives know today how to do. You know, we mark trails, we mark game trails, we mark 
you know, we mark our direction. We mark where our water source is. You know, we use stones and you'll always see a stack of stones and there'll be one stone that looks like it's out of place pointing in a certain direction. That's the direction we went. William, that's all amazing, awesome encounters that you had. And we don't want to keep you uh, any longer tonight, but we just really appreciate you coming on and thank you for uh, being here and uh, talking with us. I appreciate you guys, friends. I appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate everything you guys do because you guys are awesome in what you do. You're researching and you're, you're getting the word out and you're letting people talk about their, their, you know, their inner encounters. And it means a lot to people. So I want you guys to know that. that. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you, William. All right, buddy, you take care then. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. That's a lot of interesting, strange, and cool stuff that he's. That yeah, he's that was a lot through. to take in, uh, yeah. especially the uh, the dying part. Wow. <sighs> you know, I didn't think about. You forget about. You know, as far as minorities go, or you want to, you want to, you want to classify people a certain way in in this prejudice that goes on. And him as a little kid, for someone to to do those things to him at three years old, that's just terrible. Man. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, you know, the man um, for for the longest time they were second class citizens. You know, they were right. They do have that connection, though. I, I feel with with the Sasquatch oh. or the Bigfoot people. For sure, uh, he yeah. said he said a lot of things that kind of made me um, think about some things and, and whatnot. So every time we talk to somebody, I get a different viewpoint on something. I'm like, what do I? I do know. Now? I know. I yeah. You know, it, it just gets better and better as we do this. Right. I'm loving it. So, Still loving it. Sometimes I wonder if Bigfoot's really just what caveman, just a caveman. You know, that's what cavemen are. People talk about caveman. Maybe that's what they Maybe. were talking about back in the day. You know? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. And hopefully one of these days we'll all figure it out. Hopefully. We'll find out together. We're going to work on it. We're going to keep trying. You're damn right we are. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being with me again. Always fun, man. Always. All right. We'll talk to you soon then. See ya. See ya.